0: Share what you're thinking and feeling with another person mm-hmm. even just by listening you might get this sense that you're not alone. Yeah. You get this validation that this is a human experience mm-hmm. and I'm not abnormal I'm not alone you know that's one of the beautiful things about being in relationship mm-hmm. is you know you get to hear mm-hmm. of or even just sense other people's uh, human experience. Welcome to the Living Centered Podcast, where we enter into honest conversations about pursuing a more centered life, rediscovering, reclaiming, and rooting in to who we truly are. I'm your host, Miles Adcox. I'm your host,
1: Lindsay Nobles. And I'm your host, Mackenzie Vogt. Hey friends, I'm so excited about this special bonus episode of the Living Centered Podcast. I got to sit down with our team member, Christopher O'Reilly, to talk about how community can serve as a grounding tool in our lives. So I think in this season, so many of us have heightened anxiety, heightened overwhelm, and I think it's just a general uneasiness. And so the two of us talk about how we can lean into community to find grounding. We also spend a little bit of time talking about our brand new class, Practice Makes Presence, where Christopher teaches five tools for grounding when the world feels overwhelming. Because if we're honest, stressful circumstances that can heighten our anxiety aren't going away. And while we can't always find external stability, we can cultivate tools that help us create internal stability. So if after this interview, you want to check out this resource, I want to let you know that I have a special code for you, our podcast listeners, where you can get 35% off of this brand new offering when you use the code grounding at checkout before July 31st. You can head to onsiteworkshops.com presence to check out this brand new offering. And without further ado, my conversation with Christopher O'Reilly. Christopher, thank you for joining me on the podcast again. Sure thing. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat. Uh, I am particularly excited because you are the instructor leading people through our new course. Practice makes presence. Yes. Yes, and I love the subtitle because I think it's something that we all need right now. It's five tools for grounding when the world feels overwhelming. Yeah. And first, like, how was that experience recording that, and why do you feel like we need that in this season?
0: Yeah, you know, it was really interesting recording it. It's a whole new thing for me, so that was a lot of fun. It was very brave of you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun with it. I think that um, there's a lot of really good resources out there for people, Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we can kind of get complex in the way that we look at challenges. And Hmm. for me, doing this uh, course, it's just kind of coming back to basics. I think there's some really basic ideas. And some people might be like, well, this isn't anything new. But the practice is the real key piece. Yeah. Because even though we know certain things or understand certain things about ourselves and about maybe how to kind of calm down, relax, etc., creating or creating space in your life to make yeah. it part of the way that you operate. I often say to people, it's like, people take time to eat every day, mm-hmm. you know to shower every day, to spend time with certain people every day, these are basic living skills too. Yeah. And when you start doing them, you realize how much of a major difference it can make.
1: Yeah, I think it's one thing to know that we have a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And especially working in this space, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge, but it's the integration piece and making it a part of my everyday that I don't often do.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I've read many of good books, mm-hmm. um, but it's different when it becomes integrated into your life.
1: Yeah. And so one of the tools that you kind of lay out for people is community as a grounding tool. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of interesting, and I thought maybe we could explore that a little bit more. What does it look like to lean into community, and why is that a tool that we should all have in our toolbox in times of stress?
0: Yeah, I think we as humans are just relational in nature. Yeah. We are very much impacted by the people around us, mm-hmm. and when we're struggling, it's not uncommon to sort of keep that to ourselves. Maybe it's we don't want to bother, yeah. the people around us maybe for some you know, depending on the relationship, you don't want the feedback, yeah
1: right? totally. So, there's some people that i I often say have not earned the right to provide feedback into my life. there
0: you go, yeah, but that there there might be some key intuition in that. you might yeah. want to trust that on mm-hmm. some levels, but um. There's just a ton of value in having people hold space for you to hear how you're doing, provide support, maybe just listen. It could be a whole host of responses, but ultimately, a sense of community can be really good uh, for us emotionally mm-hmm. because we feel connected and we feel safe and we feel supported.
1: Yeah, and I something that I have learned from my own experience is it's both this like holding space and being in community is so enriching but also it's giving myself agency and almost empowering me to ask for what i need with yeah. safe people. Yeah. And that can be a really grounding tool too to realize like oh i have some agency over this situation or i can say to my friend hand hey, need i'm really struggling would you be willing to do x y and z. This is what listening looks like to me like it is a um an interesting dichotomy i think.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, just having your needs be known by those mm-hmm. around you hopefully by folks that you trust, Yeah, uh, in itself is, is a huge deal.
1: And how do we ask for that? What are some of the things that we could even ask for if someone's really unfamiliar in this space? Like, what could I ask for from a safe person?
0: I think asking for what you need is really key because sometimes we just need space. Yeah. I've said to some people in my life, like, I'm struggling with something, I just want to say it out loud, mm-hmm. and I quite honestly am not necessarily looking for you to fix it, to relate to it, just, like, hold space. Yeah. Uh, other times maybe you are looking for someone to partner with in making a tough decision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just need to vent. So it's, um, it could literally be, hey, do you have time? And here is what I need from you. Yeah. And that second part is not something people tend to think about. And I think sometimes we even avoid talking about what we need because maybe certain people in our life tend to give us advice and that's not really what we need in this moment. Yeah. You can ask for what you need.
1: Mm, And that's, we've used the word hold space a couple times, and I've heard hold space just being defined as seeing, hearing, and valuing someone. That's right. Um, And that's really what we need. We don't want advice. I think Miles often says we're not problems to be solved, but people to be engaged.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, even as a therapist myself, it's interesting what happens when you hold space for somebody. Yeah. We as therapists, just in general, we don't give advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that can actually be quite dangerous but more holding space and helping people come to their own conclusions. And that's just by sometimes when they say it out loud, Mm -hmm. they gain clarity on the situation more so than when it's just in their head.
1: Yeah. And I think we often say here, like, you have everything inside of you already. You just need someone to help you guide through that. And so I think a safe community, safe friends, a therapist, someone who's willing to hold that space for you, I think is so essential. You talked about moving something from just your head out loud. What happens to unexpressed or unfelt emotions in that way.
0: Yeah, unexpressed or unfelt emotions, nothing really happens to them. Yeah. They, they seem to stay stuck.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: In some respects. So yeah. it's sort of like, you know, if I'm frustrated with someone in my life and I don't tell them, nor do I tell somebody else, I'm probably going to stay frustrated. Yeah. Because there's just no movement. It's almost st- stagnant in some respects. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. Just kind of moving through that and getting having safe spaces to express that and to
0: mm-hmm. let someone in. So not only, you know, do you sometimes gain clarity, but there's when you share what you're thinking and feeling with another person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even just by listening, you might get this sense that you're not alone. Yeah. You get this validation that this is a human experience mm-hmm. and I'm not abnormal, I'm not alone. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about being in relationship mm-hmm. is, you know, you get to hear of or even just sense other people's uh, human experience.
1: yeah, I think that's something that I've learned over the last couple of years. I feel like we've all kind of collectively been in a really hard season. And the world's really hard and kind of dark right now. Mm-hmm. And some of the most beautiful moments of connection have happened when I have said, am I the only one that feels this way? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what I'm feeling and having someone reflect back to me, no, I really feel that way too. This is what's going on inside of me. I think there's connection, but there's also a little bit of I'm not holding this big scary thing alone anymore. That's right. And that can take away some of the anxiety that has ruled so much of the last two years for me too. Yeah,
0: yeah that goes back to you know the idea that humans are relational mm-hmm. and trying to figure this thing out, this thing called life by yourself in some respects. Like, yeah. It's not easy.
1: No, we were made to be in community. And I think so often, especially on topics of like anxiety or stress or struggle, we feel like, oh, this is something I need to keep to myself. Mm-hmm. And so even thinking about community as a tool and a tool belt to me feels obvious, but also revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One thing that's really interesting is if, let's say you're growing up in an unhealthy family. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we learn as children or young adults that to ask for help or to say what you're thinking and feeling actually has negative mm. results. Yeah. So sometimes we learn that, you know, asking for what you need leads to pain. Yeah. Or feeling alone or mm-hmm. or some sort of negative response. When you're
1: wanting to not feel alone, it actually brings what you were trying to avoid in the first place. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So if we grow up in an environment that it's not safe to get your needs met mm-hmm. or to have support, kids are very Aware of their surroundings. So they might learn to be quiet in Mm. order to survive or Mm -hmm. to get through their childhood. It's quite a journey to go from that kind of experience to, as a healthy adult, learning to ask for connection. Yeah. And it's something that, um, you know, creating a sense of community is great and it's very important for emotional health. And some kids learn it when they're young and some people don't learn it until they're moving into recovery whether yeah. that's from trauma or just dysfunctional family or, or whatever it is
1: yeah addiction all that like it's a it's not a learned skill for some of us yeah yeah
0: specifically about addiction it's like it's all about asking for help yeah and a lot of people who struggle with addiction m- maybe it runs in their family maybe they grew up around it that is the, such a foreign concept mm-hmm. not not in, you know it's not a foreign concept understanding it intellectually, but actually
1: doing it. It's doing a learned it experience or a safety. Yeah. 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 It's not even conscious. It's my body is telling me this is not safe. Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think if we have those narratives, if we grow up in those types of environments, or maybe even in some of our earliest years, we have friendship imprint and experiences that tell us it's not safe to ask for help, or we have roles that we walk in. Like one of the things that I think I often lean into is, well, I'm the person in relationship who's the strong one. I take care of other people, so for me to have needs, it's okay for you to have needs. It's not okay for me to have needs. That's right. So, what does someone who is safe look like, and how do we start to find them? Yeah,
0: safe people really have a, a couple key factors. I think one thing is that they're they're just genuine in the sense that they're you know they're actually there's no alternative motive. Mm, yeah. So, like safe people might be interested in you as a person, not because you do anything or not because you are anything. It's just because, you know, you are you. So I think that's a key thing when it comes to safe people. Safe people tend to provide help with no judgment or to provide support with no judgment. So safe people tend to be pretty accepting.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, I think about a safe person as someone who will keep what you discuss with them between you and them. Yeah. Which that, that kind of makes you feel safe. Right. Yeah. Another thing that I think is really key with a safe person, it's a, it's a, it's a two way street. Mm-hmm. Meaning a safe person typically is somebody who you can lean on, but they lean on you too. Yeah. Because the way that you are with them, if I'm honest with you and I tell you that I'm struggling, you're probably going to feel safer to be honest with me and tell me that you're struggling. Yeah. If I don't ever lean on you, you're probably not going to feel comfortable leaning on me.
1: Yeah, I think some of the people in my life who I feel the most safe with are the ones who have given me the permission to be uh, weak and yeah. to be asked for help because they have done that with me. And I think it's almost a gift we can give other people to to ask for help because yeah. then it creates space for them to do the same. That's right. Um, and I think there can be power imbalances, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm always there for you, but I'm not asking you to be there for me, then we create this power imbalance or this um, unhealthy dynamic in our relationship. Exactly, Yeah. yes. That's good. I also would love to kind of, as we're rounding out, talk about um, something that has been revolutionary for me has been making the realization that not every friend is going to be what I would call an oak tree friend. Mm -hmm. And also the realization that there are some people that are really great for some elements of my life, and it's okay to have a diverse community that one person doesn't have to be my everything. Mm -hmm. How do we start to build out a network of supportive people? Um, You know, the person who I know will be the person to celebrate with me or the person Mm -hmm. I know who has walked through the same anxiety journey with me. So maybe that's the person I connect with here. Like, is there value in that and what does that look like?
0: There's a ton of value in having a diverse network, so to speak. There might be people in your life, like you said, that just you have fun with. Mm -hmm. There's someone that you hang out on the weekends and laugh and do things like that. I know for a lot of people, their safe person when it comes to talking about what they're thinking and feeling emotionally sometimes starts out as a professional, Mm, especially if that's not something you've grown up learning how to do. Yeah. But then over time, you know, relationships evolve. Mm -hmm. Um, It might start out as just, you know, a casual friendship, but then as time goes on, you have things in common. You lean on each other, it feels safe. When it comes to finding safe people and creating a broad network, I think it's important to pay attention to your intuition too. Yeah. You know, it's not sort of like a mental checklist of do they fit this, this, this. It's more like how do you feel when you're mm-hmm. around them? Yeah. Do you feel safe? Do they seem interested in you and and your growth? Mm-hmm. Um, as we both know, sometimes relationships can be, I don't want to go dramatic and say toxic. Yeah. But sometimes there's people in our lives that don't help us to grow and to change. Mm-hmm. They maybe want to commiserate or yeah they want you to partake in activities and things that just aren't that healthy for you yeah. and even conversation that's not that healthy for you it doesn't have to be like drinking or using drugs so um relationships you're either growing closer to people or feeling more distance from them constantly hmm. it's it's an it's an ever evolving sort of thing and you know just pay attention to it you know yeah. someone that you're close to today you might drift from as you start to take care of yourself differently, spend mm-hmm. your time differently, and that's okay. Yeah. And I know maybe it's a different conversation, but it no. a big part of it is like the relationship you have with yourself. Yeah. And being aware of what you need and finding people that can help you get there.
1: That's really good. I think it um there's so many of us I think that we feel locked in on our relationships. And I think there's a lot of loyalty, and that's really beautiful. But I love the permission that you just gave to say, if you're getting healthier and you're feeling that tension in a relationship, like, it's okay. That's there's right. permission to drift from someone. There's permission to lean into other relationships and, and to let relationships ebb and flow. I think we yeah. we have trouble with that. So
0: You know, uh, the whole idea of loyalty is an interesting one, too. Yeah. I don't think loyalty is bad at all. No. But it's something that, you know, don't be loyal to a fault. Don't feel obligated to maybe you know, stunt your growth or not take care of yourself in ways just so that the other person feels okay. Mm-hmm. I think that that can be a really tricky thing.
1: Yeah. I think um, there's been a lot of seasons in my life and something that I've been learning is that it's okay if someone who was... Again, we're going to return to that oak tree metaphor. Who was my true blue in a different season? Mm-hmm. It's okay that I've gone away from them, and it's okay that I might still have them as a flower that pops up once in a while. But just letting people have uh, the position in their life that makes sense in that season, and giving them the permission to grow and change. I have have distance from people not because of anything wrong; just we've grown and changed, and it's you know looks different. So
0: yeah, I love that. That to me is like a true friend. Yeah, someone that you know, depending on seasons of life you might spend more or less time with, and Mm -hmm. and it's okay. There's no judgment.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks so much for kind of chatting through this topic, and I hope that people dig into this course. We're really excited about it. And like I said, I think it's something that all of us need right now because the world does feel overwhelming. So thanks for lending your wisdom. What would you hope that people would kind of gain from this course?
0: One thing that I really hope people take from this course is that you can really pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. And it's almost like you can notice what's going on in your thoughts and in your body and just become aware of what you need. Mm-hmm. So, my hope is that people find sort of this centering, um, observing self where they can kind of just pay attention to maybe how stressed they are and make some adjustments as needed.
1: Mm, that's so good. What a great encouragement. So. Thanks so much, Christopher. I can't wait for people to get this course.
0: Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening today and for committing valuable time to share space with these powerful stories. Make sure you hit subscribe to get all of our inspiring conversations with these incredible people delivered directly to you. And if you found this conversation particularly impactful, consider supporting the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen